Hi, it's Ella. I'm back, baby. And now it's time for the good old Dad Game podcast. Dan and Jonah are loving it, and we hope all the listeners are loving it too, even though it's probably just my aunties, uncles, Nana, and Klepper, which is my pa. But, Dad. Yes? Why did an old man fall in the well? Why? Because he couldn't see that well. Enjoy the show! Cheers to you, Dallas. Cheers, mate. What are you? Uh, back. Tr- oh, thank you. It's good to be back. What are you drinking? What are you cheersing me with? Yeah, I got a funny one tonight. I first time. I'll be the judge of these. that. I've got, <laughs> I've got the Han Super Dry Gluten Free Beer. That is so there's hilarious. A, bit of a story behind it. Yeah, it's a shout out to Stuart, who's a regular regular listener. We had Stuart on the uh, Walk and Talk not long ago. So I had uh, Stuart and another bunch of mates. We had uh, had nine of us all up together actually up here for our um, fantasy footy draft. The other night and being the only person from the Gold Coast here, obviously we're pretty lucky that a few of the beers were left over or I thought I was lucky because the boys said, oh, you you better take them all home. We can't bring these on the plane. And turns out three quarters of a slab of Han gluten-free beer was left because Stuart's gluten-free and he's the only person drinking them. Now, it's not going to make my top 100 prestigious list at the end of the year that I do every year of beers that I've had throughout the the year, but it's definitely might make 101 because it is drinkable. It's not too bad. It's got low calorie count apparently. Can so you ta- can you can you taste the lack of gluten? <laughs> you can taste the taste the lack of something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, it, it's good. I'm I'm not gluten free myself, but it, I'm sure it's doing me good either way. So, uh, what about you, mate? What do you got tonight? Well, firstly, I like my beer with extra gluten. Um, when I <laughs> when I do drink. hold the gluten. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, we're recording earlier in the week because we're yeah. we're trying to maintain our fortnightly pattern for our listeners so we've squeezed this one early in the week so no gluten-free beers for me i've uh, <laughs> got myself a bone broth that i'm sipping oh, on here we go yeah, yeah. so sure. and uh, with extra bone and extra gluten so i've actually got another one on the go now and in, in, i have to cook them in the shed i think i've said this on the pod before <laughs> yeah. i have to cook my bone broth in the shed because the missus hates the smell of it oh, okay. while it's yep. cooking so i've got the yeah. slow cooker out there it'll be on for about 48 hours to really break oh, down yeah. the bones but yeah tonight i'm i'm drinking that it's a perfect pre-bed drink um <laughs> but yeah fair enough on. cheers to you mate it's, it's good to have you back so people who listened to our last episode uh, yeah. would have realized that you were heading off over to Europe. Yep. How'd you go? How was the trip? Yeah, excellent. Really good. Su- such a good time. Uh, obviously, we're very, very fortunate. We we went off on the back of some work that my wife had to do. She had a conference over there. So we sort of mm-hmm. made a, made a, tacked a family holiday onto that, which was amazing. Um, yep. Hopefully, no actually, people are listening to this. Yeah, and so we were we were in um, Germany and um, England, and so mm-hmm. good beer over there, not gluten free yes. stuff. Um, yep. Particularly in Germany, some fantastic beers over there. But actually, now that I'm back, so you know, we got back about a week ago or so, and while we we're over there, I was doing a bit of running, trying to sort of at least maintain my weight and and a bit of exercise. Yep. But got back on middle of last week, and by the weekend, was like right, hit the gym again, and. I sort of rewrote myself a bit of a program to try and, you know, change it up after a break. Mm-hmm. And now I'm suffering from some of the worst <laughs> DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. Oh, yeah. I'm there too at the moment. I'll talk about that in a minute. It's, and it must be a bit of age 
Um, yeah. I did get, you know, when you get back from a long trip, you've got that cold or the the, the fluy type symptoms you might get from the yeah. plane. So I was a little bit run down, a little bit run down, changed the program up and, um, ha- you know, had been out of the gym for maybe three or so weeks by this time. Like when I mean muscle soreness. So this morning <laughs> I chose to have a shower instead of wipe my bum. <laughs> <laughs> Because just that that painful, I couldn't, was it? I couldn't reach around. I couldn't no. reach around. I couldn't make it. Yeah, you um, just have to give up sitting down on the toilet soon. It is just stand there, stand above it. So, and it's my arms and shoulders. It's not. It's oh. not the full leg. So, I oh, okay, okay. I couldn't yeah. twist and reach. <laughs> you need a need a stick. Yeah, and I almost yelled out. Rag on a stick. I almost yelled yeah. out to someone in the house to come help, but I'm not sure we're, we're there. <laughs> So I did well, my best and realized that I don't think that was going to be good enough. And um, oh, just made sure I, I showered. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that, that, it gets, it gets you. I've just, I did some legs the other day and, and I probably increased weights quite a bit at home and I, I definitely feel it. You know, it gets you that two days later, yeah. but I'm in that stage of the week now when you really saw, you know, how you think you're actually sick Yeah. and you, you're in that much pain. You're walking around going, am I? sick like physically or am i just hurt my legs just hurt so much yep. and I, I put it down to dom so yeah yeah that's a, a good, good bit of science yeah. there mate but i think everyone's been through that before and it's a great feeling like there's a level of doms which is perfect you know like when you and, you've done a really good run or a really good exercise where you go right that's per- that the next day or two days later when you're just starting to feel it but yeah this yeah. is over the top but rightly or wrongly, and there'll be people who listen to this who are experts in this field who probably think it's bad. My way through it is I go back to the gym the next day. Like, you know, tomorrow I'll just work through it and I figure at some point it's got to stop. (laughs) It might be madness, but I've found what works for the leg ones is if I do legs, say, in the morning, and then if I try and get a run or something in that night, then the next day heaps better. It makes a big difference. not easy, but, yeah, trying to get that in the same days. It's usually quite helpful. Hey, I was going to ask you, while you were overseas, though, you would have had plenty of drinks, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Did you come up? You know, we've had that segment running for a little while now of good, when's the best time to have a beer? Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. get like, what? Did you, you would have had your airport beers. So you had the airport Aeroplane beers. beers. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had those. Got to be careful with your timing, I reckon, on the airplane. But no, certainly on those long haul flights, yeah. um, a couple of those. In fact, actually, I, I'll digress a little. On the big flight, there was, you know, there's there's someone or some, there's always like a group of people or a person on a plane that you might see a few times through the airport, then you yeah, see them again yeah. and, you know, you sort of create this little, and if you do lock eyes with the, if there's something in common, then you, yeah. they're your little mini plane friend. So yeah, for me, it's normally like another family or something. Yeah. In a similar so situation, was, yeah. To me, there, there was this guy and um bit of a big unit and, I noticed he had he was he was traveling alone and he was um had a seat in the middle of these two girls so he, he was yeah. like one girl on the window then him in the middle and another girl in the aisle and I just happened when I realized that he realized where he was sitting he yeah. happened to kind of look around and we locked eyes and I smirked and then I was just like good luck buddy kind of thing and you know yeah. we were, so anyway a few hours later we're probably by this time we're almost out of the Australian border. We're, you know, middle of the night kind of, you know, we've still got a long way to fly. 
Mm-hmm. I get up and go for a bit of a stretch on the plane and and he's up as well. And we end up standing in like the gallery, you know, the is it the galley or the gallery or whatever it's called, you know, where the, the yeah. air hosts, yeah. you know, prepare all the food. Yeah. We were just standing yeah. there together chatting to the air hosts and just them just getting us beers. It's like we we're at the bar. Oh, nice. <laughs> and we're just like, and the, they didn't, no one cared on the plane. Everyone was asleep basically. And it was just me and yeah. him. And yeah. we're having a great old chat and um, just the stories also like you find out about people like he's flying back to Frankfurt to see he, his brother had a, a kid, you know, who's now six years old that he's never seen before. Um, yeah. You know, his parents have been over there for a little while now too. And then obviously COVID stopped him from traveling, yeah, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So, and he's going to let them all know that he's engaged. They don't know that yet. Oh, and yeah. he's going over there to let them all know. So, and she's going to fly over yeah, at sure. a later date. So it was really cool. But yeah, that was, that was, so that was a really cool beer. Yeah. But to answer your question, a new awesome beer that I absolutely love is Hotel Lobby beer. Oh, yes. And and have this we spoke is. about this? I'm not sure if we have. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. But in particular, I know on this podcast, while we're called Dad Game, we try and be a lot of. You know, for, for all different diverse people, but in particular, I can only speak to my situation. And yeah. the hotel lobby beer is perfect when a couple of girls in my family are upstairs getting ready to go out somewhere, yes. and yeah. I'm already ready. Mm-hmm. And girls, I'll meet you downstairs. Come by the hotel, but you know, lobby bar yes, when you're I ready like to it. leave. And you've yep, got yep. that 35 to 40 minutes, not only to have a lovely beer in the bar, yeah. but to avoid the mayhem in the room. Okay. Yeah, you want to get out of the way because usually the rooms are not gigantic. So yeah. you want to get out of the way and just so, go down there and watch TV and have a drink or something. Yep. Yeah. So that happened a couple of times, particularly in London, when we were sort of, you know, between the day out and then you'd come back to the hotel, mm-hmm. get ready to go for out for the night. Great beer. One of the best. Love that. Well, that's, yeah, there's a new one to add to the collection. We've heard a few from a, from a handful of people, but if anyone's come up with any new ones, please give us a message or an email and we'll, um, we'll read those ones out on the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, I probably should introduce that this is episode oh, yeah. 48. We're going to title it Building Confidence. We actually need to have a chat soon about uh, where we're going to go with this and what sort of styles we're going to talk about. But I just wanted to say thank you to Ocean Soul, who are our sponsors week in, week out. If you want any eco-friendly products, get on their Facebook page or their website and put in all capitals, Dad Game 10, 1-0, to get 10% discount. But we've still got opportunities, very exciting opportunity, don't we, for the yep. right person or people to come and join us. Absolutely. And give us a sponsor too. We can have more than one. I don't think Ocean Soul Mines sharing the responsibility a little bit. So if anyone wants to reach out and hit us up, please do. But yeah, so this is episode 48. We've got two to go till we hit episode 50, which if you had told me we we're going to do that a couple of years ago, I would have... Laughed at you. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. So normally what we talk about for anyone who's a first time listener, we sort of talk about anything in general that sort of tickles our fancy, but usually along the lines of being dads, being guys, well-being, yeah. and just a bit of back and forth chat and get a bit of correspondence from people too. So keep an ear out for how you can do that. I've been meaning to talk to you recently about trampolines these days. <laughs> So some of the real hot topics straight off the top. (laughs) Well, remember, remember we talked a little while ago about lazy parenting and we bought swings Yeah, and how I found out that was awesome. I've got even lazier and found out that trampolines are the way to go Yeah, because I can literally sit back on a chair now and have a coffee or a beer or something and watch my boys play on the trampoline. But 
That's because these days trampolines are so safe. So, too safe. And it makes me – yeah, I was going to say, are they too safe? Because yeah. we've got the ones now with the big sort of fence up around the side. It doesn't have a roof or anything. I've seen some with, like, the sunroof on it and, and everything else, yeah. all the bells and whistles. But we've got the one, yeah, it's a big sort of hexagon or – it might be a circle, actually, and the big fence up around the side. Nothing – apart from the kids bumping into each other, yeah. nothing can really happen, which takes me back to when we were kids. Yeah. Where it was – you were lucky to get off the trampoline alive, let alone – yeah. Oh. That's right. If if the yeah, oh, you know, some some real safe kids back in the day would have those remember those pads. horrible yellow pads you could strap oh, to you or soft. blue ones that you could yeah, soft. but m- most um families didn't have those. But um the only way to make a trampoline even more safer than it is now is for it literally just to be a box where you put your kid into it. <laughs> like just get rid of even the bouncy mat. <laughs> and just, just can't bounce. And that's it. Just oh, off you go, kids. Well, yeah, our, our trampoline was the hexagon one, which I think was the only one around at the time, basically, when we were kids. And there was that's no it. way every spring was there. Every every time I went to a friend's house, they were missing springs. You so had to you bounce ha- halfway off, fall in the springs. Because uh, we had a we we had like a rectangle. Is that you, you? You had a hexagon. Jeez, you. you I say up, hexagon. Yeah. No, I meant rectangle. Oh, Sorry. There you go. I was, was going to say you, you're very upmarket back in the day. We're in an MMA cage fighting. Yeah. <laughs> no, did I say hexagon? I meant you rectangle. Sorry, yeah. mate. No, of course it. Because I remember we were able to tip it up on its side. Yes. And use it as a wicket keeper. Automatically, for cricket. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the bowler, the bowler used to be able to determine like you, you could only have a little bit of leg side wiki. So some people in our in, in our backyard, it was different, but some people used to, you know, the stumps would be in the middle of the the trampoline, you know, so yeah. even amount on leg side and offside. Whereas what we would do is you'd actually be able to move your automatic wiki to have yeah. less wicket keeper down the leg side and more on the yeah, off. Yeah, more slip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to know, like, I, I, I couldn't pinpoint exactly when the change happened, but when did all of a sudden these just become the normal trampoline now? And how many kids had to go off trampolines and have serious injuries before they went, okay, I think that's enough. Yeah. We probably should do this now. Because they were not around when we were kids, were they? No. Those sorts of them. No. no. Um, I don't know. I, I actually, yeah, I couldn't pinpoint when I first saw one, but, you know, being able to defy a little bit of death and when your brothers were double bouncing, you're on those old trampolines. Yes. And what I don't understand is you used to actually fall off them from about three metres in the air. Yeah. Like you'd be double yeah. bounced and on the way down, you'd clip your shin on the metal bar and you'd do a flip and yeah. you'd land on the ground. Yeah, if you made, if you cleared it and landed on the grass, that was a good thing. Yes. You could come down halfway between or get your legs in between like the, the springs. That was, that was, yeah. And you're in no man's land when you're up there and you cannot move. Yeah. Kids these days, they're not going to understand how much your life was taken into your own hands when you went on the trampolines when we were younger. I oh, know. And uh, good yeah, and that's the, and that's the end of the segment. What's the wrong with kids these days? <laughs> yeah. That's why they're saying they're getting soft yeah. these days. This is, but this is our you, attempt. If you want to be a lazy parent, get one of these. You were just talking about we're up to nearly episode 50. I think what you and I want to go into after ep 50 is a 3AW talkback show. Yeah, so we're just getting, <laughs> we're getting gripes onto today's generation out of the way. Oh, early. These days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. But you know, the thing that I don't understand, you know, is it's people about our age who have essentially invented and marketed those trampolines. 
Oh yeah, probably because we all grew up with like brain injuries yeah, and it, broken it, legs, and it's people with chronic <laughs> brain and back injuries about our yeah. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Developed enough is enough. Yeah, enough That's... is enough, mum and dad. I'm not going on that again. Yeah. Well, I wanted to see the prototype. So the first people that invented them, did they make them, you know, homemade sort of ones with a fence around the outside or some sort of padding or something like that? Yeah, that would be good. Someone sent through a photo of one of the earliest models of one of those. That'd be fantastic. Now, I've had a, some correspondence come in in relation to our dad gripes. Excellent. Every now and then. Yep. yep. So Tim, who's a regular contributor to the show, regular listener, mm-hmm. he this is one, there's a two-part one, but this is right up my alley because it's traffic related, oh. of course, as most of our dad gripes end up being, but it's cruise control related. Hey, hey, so yep. Now, just before you go on, I just want to say, I'll let the listeners go back, you know, have a peek behind the curtain. As we've mentioned many times before on the podcast, keen listeners would know, in order to keep this thing somewhat on track, you and I keep, uh, what do you call it, a Word document, a shit, what a, yes. you know, that just has a few dot points on. So at least yep. we collectively know what we're talking about. The dot point on this that where it <laughs> says, and you've just mentioned it, it says Tim's Cruise Control. I had been reading it with a bit of panic in my mind for the last 10 minutes as Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise's Control. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what are you actually? Gonna, yeah, it does. If you just look at it quickly, what are you going to talk about? Are we really now going? Is this going to be like a hot spot into Hollywood or something? Like, as yeah, in, it's our new, it's our new segment, Celebrity Watch. Yeah, yeah. And what he's lost, he's jumped on a couch again or something like that. Like, I don't know <laughs> he's what he's done. So, okay, can you so please let me get back to this so about Tim's, Tim's cruise control? Yeah. Yes. And and Tim's nailed it. I think everyone probably knows what I'm going to say now. But see, I use cruise control on the freeway most days on the way to work if possible. And say you get into one certain lane and you hit the 110 or whatnot and you put it onto that cruise. And Tim's saying he hates it when someone overtakes you yeah. and then goes in front of you. You are not changing your speed, obviously, because you've got cruise control on. And then they start to slow down in front of you. So then you've got to go around them again and then you do it and it keeps happening. But the second part to that is when you are cruising past somebody clearly going faster than them on cruise control. And then they do the speed match yeah. or they start to go, you know, they do it automatically and they just start going the same speed as you or faster. And then you've got to make a decision what you want to do. Yeah. Those two things actually, yeah, they make me, you know, really annoyed too. So I'm glad Tim brought that up because that's a pretty, pretty good one. and pretty close to my heart. Yeah. Isn't it a great conversation? You can be, you know, at times you might be fighting with your significant other and it can all, it seems to always happen at about home departure time. You're on a way to somewhere or whatever. And it can often be a niggle with your, with your partner and car rides can be a little bit um, high tension, you know, where you're maybe not, talk, yeah, you're not talking or there's a bit of silent treatment or whatever. Mm. I find that particular traffic gripe gets the conversation going again. Yeah, so you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll say to the person you would, you'll go, Oh, I'm on cruise and look at this person's speed and it yeah. inevitably breaks the tension a little bit. Oh, don't you, have, you know, and it goes. So that <laughs> particular gripe has got it's me out of. for you. It's actually a good thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's the shared gripe, you know, with, yeah. with others in the car, <laughs> but you know, that some cruise, when I was lucky enough to have a pretty new car with one of my previous jobs, the cruise control would adjust to the car in front. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. That's yeah. Um, and that's cruise control. And that. that's really cool. Except for when the car in front 
slowly, slowly, slowly start slowing down. And next minute you find yourself doing 65 on a highway. And you're like, oh, like crap. I don't know. I've used it before too, and I couldn't work out if I like it better or not. So yeah, yeah, that can definitely get you. Thank you, Tim, for that. If anyone else has any gripes, write into us, please, on our Instagram and or our email. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'd love to read out a few listener dad gripes of late. Okay, moving into the topic tonight. We now we've got to get this right. So we've we've titled this episode, I think, building confidence. Yep. But confidence yeah. can come from many different areas. So are we going to so, go with self-confidence, confidence in others? Well, this I'm is saying the, something to do in confidence. This, <laughs> this is the thing, right? Well, I told you this in confidence. So yeah, why yeah. are we sharing it on the pot? No. So it's funny because I was panicked about this just before we dialed in, which was and it, and it probably perfectly proves the topic is I was looking at this one maybe around building confidence in yourself and then therefore in others. But then I noticed yep. that, you know, because it was purely the topic was just called building confidence, then you, you might have come at it from a slightly different angle. But that's the whole point, right? In order for us to have confidence in this topic, ideally we would have clarified and aligned on this first. And I think know, that's I think, probably yeah. the first lesson. <laughs> what I love about us, I think most podcasts actually do like a pre-production meeting. Yeah. No. Because we do ours during the podcast. This is so yeah, this is the pre-production meeting. And <laughs> the podcast will start soon. Yeah, yeah. We always forget to record the real one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So yeah, let's just I don't know, let's just get the ball rolling on it yeah. then and then see where it takes us. And I know that I had a bit of a read because I think you might have suggested it to me or someone did, but there was a we've done Forbes before, but there was an article with the 10 ways to build confidence. So I had a bit of a read through that, Yeah. Uh, but it was all pretty self-explanatory. And funnily enough, we've touched on a lot of that sort of stuff in the past in our episodes. Yeah. So things about setting goals and, you know, sort of like celebrating your wins. And yep. if you're doing those things, obviously your confidence is going to grow because then you've got runs yeah. on the board for yeah. example, I, in certain areas. And I think a lot of these things, you know, when we get into the, nuts and bolts of it is often trying to learn about, you know, building confidence or trying to, you know, about instilling confidence is really helping understand how you want to define what that is, you know, because, Mm. and, you know, often every bad speech at a wedding starts with love as, Mm. you know, said in the Oxford dictionary is, or as defined, Mm. you know, but the reality is, is the best way to sort of start is to, to properly understand and identify what it is, that you mean. And for me, it's about the non-emotive feeling or, you know, that that sort of belief that A, stimulates action, you know, because it, it gets you going a little uh, and, yeah. and that first step. But also it's much more of an evidence-based feeling than emotional yeah. one. So confidence, yeah. you know, as you say, that the 10 ways to, to build it, and I know we'll go into that a little bit more, but it's some of those things around, you know, having a plan and doing all of that sort of stuff. And then it's about pulling all of that to for that positive self-talk to say, right, I'm ready. Like yes. I, I can. And it essentially confidence to me is defined with can. I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's yeah. it's funny because we've, we've titled it building confidence because a lot of people just have confidence yep. and, and naturally confident, but I mean, you don't have it in every area of your life if you haven't, especially if you're trying things for the first time or, you know, doing some yep. challenging tasks, but 
yeah, it's not just if if you're already naturally confident. I think we we're talking off air a little while back that back that you can't just tell someone to be confident. No, You've got to actually go through the steps and the process to get there. Hence, why I think we've called it building confidence because yeah. that's something we're trying to trying to work on. No, really good point because I think it can also be incredibly damaging that if, particularly in any relationship, co-worker relationship, parent um child relationship, you know, um, mm, yeah, marital marital whatever. If one person is, you know, what would be considered more a naturally confident person than the other, almost the most damaging thing is for that more confident person to just tell the other person, come on, be confident. Mm. If anything, that's going to work negatively, I think, because just being confident is not really an option. It's how do you, as you said, how do you build that? How do you kind of encourage it? How do you get someone from innately being a, I can't, I can't, you know, much more into that positive mindset that I can. And in saying that a lot of confident people, what a big misstep is, is people think that confident people just get it right. Oh, you know, it comes easy. It comes easy. You know, of course you'd be confident in trying that because they never get anything wrong. No, I think often confident people are also the first ones who are just willing to make the mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's funny you say that because one of those articles, sorry, one of the points in that article is be fearless. Yeah. But I was going to link, and it says their failing isn't your enemy. So you've got to be not scared to fail and to be confident. But being a parent and going through certain things at the moment with my children, you know, teaching them to ride a bike or going to a playground with a really big slide or going out to the beach in the waves, et cetera. It's funny because you're so old now. We're so old now. I can't even remember being worried about that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I can't just say, right, just go down the slide. But then once they're fearless enough and they have a go at it, yeah. Then you watch they'll just, you know, the kids will just do that all day. They'll go down the slide over and over again or they'll ride their bike to the end of the night. Like it's one of those things that if yeah, if you be fearless and have a go at it and you're not scared of failing. Yep. And you go through with it and we give them enough support, they've sort of got to go and do it themselves. Yeah. And to gain that confidence. I've also ran into the so I fall into the category of someone who not all of the time, certainly not all the time. I have my anxieties and and issues, particularly around some things, but probably people would call me a, a confident person, you know. So I do have that issue of of at times, you know, it's teaching Ella to swim or whatever it might be, pushing yeah. someone who probably innately isn't all that confident. But then I have to check myself too and go, but there are certain things where you don't want a kid to be too confident around the water, right? No. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you don't want a kid to be so gung-ho that they never do that self-risk assessment at all, that they'll, never look down the slide before they ride the slide because what if there's something stuck on the slide for you know kind of thing so there's this Mm -hmm. so there's this huge balance around confidence isn't this unthoughtful or you know non-thoughtful approach to things it's it's Mm -hmm. about to me it's the balance of saying just not letting the negativity come in you can still do your planning you can still do you you know thinking about what you're about to do you can still not want to go in the water like that's fine but it's not you don't go in the water because you're not confident you know what i mean it's finding that balance and as a parent in particular of 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 younger kids at at this point but i'm sure it'll be the same when they get older and it's you know choosing career paths or whether to buy a house or whatever it might be i'm sure (laughs) we'll we'll provide this you know be 
back yourself, but mm. don't be risky. You know, don't be silly. Yeah, yeah. And I think think don't like be reckless. A, exactly. And I think like a lot of the topics we've talked about, particularly lately, I feel there's an overuse risk. You know, so yeah. you can being confident is something we think we'd love to instill in our in in the people around us. But what does too much look like? What does overuse? And I think a lack of planning. So someone who's too yeah. confident. Um, the other one is arrogance, which I is that's I think, when you start bordering on arrogance. Yeah, yeah, which is the the ugly side, and you start to distance yourself from people and all of those. And the other one might be missing opportunities. So, yep. particularly in a career, like if you think you're if you're so confident in your next step, then when someone comes and offers you something else that's just as good, you might not listen to that yeah, because yeah. your confidence in, oh, no, 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 I've set out my career path. I'm, you know, I'm super confident that my next step's being the principal, but someone just yeah. actually offered me vice principal. Yeah. And I, I was going to say that. I was, you know, like, was going to say that, yeah, you you do risk. If you're too confident, you start to shut other people in your team out or yeah. you aren't taking in advice from everybody else. You might miss some really important information or something that's really obvious hmm. because you're overconfident. So, yeah, you want to build confidence but not become overconfident, I yeah. guess, to an extent. You're not so humble. Yeah. Anymore. Um, and, I, and I think part of the lessons there from a, from any sort of point of view, but particularly a parental point of view, is not looking, you know, teaching it and building it when it's there and not not looking for every opportunity every day to teach it and build it you yep. know just yep. just find them organically when they're there when you notice your kid starting to back away from a scenario a situation through a bit of lack of confidence about you know maybe being prepared to have a conversation about about what that looks like but not yep. not dedicate not like training your dog where you dedicate an hour mm-hmm. or half an hour every day to to set aside to do it. I think that's yeah. where you could risk alienating that conversation. Also, that's where yeah. you can risk over teaching it. Um, yeah. For me, it's much more around, okay, what are the areas I think my my kid or whoever needs to learn a bit more about this or needs some support by being present, by being active in their life, by, by um, you know, having conversations with my partner and, and the others around this child will find those opportunities to build that confidence when it yeah. comes, you know? Yeah. yeah. The other part of it too, I'm sort of thinking out loud now a bit, but with my kids is I'm trying to get building confidence in me. Like, so they are yeah. confident in me that if I say this is safe, you know, yeah, I've done the one. risk assessment in my head. They need to have the confidence that, okay, dad said, this is all right. I'm going to go out and do it because yeah. I trust him and that. So yeah, that's one area that I'm still trying to sort of, get right with them and because it's so frustrating You're like just trust me yeah it's i fine. know right it's i know it's okay like i can yeah. see everything it's yeah. gonna be okay and then but, it's in yeah. that exact moment too where some of the best dad jokes can come up where then you go whoop <laughs> and you you nearly you know you pretend to nearly drop them or whatever you know that sort of thing <laughs> and in your mind you're like i could this could be hilarious but i could ruin them for life yeah don't do it there and the problem is you still almost do it right <laughs> Yeah, it's so tempting. It's like the people that throw the, you know, just as you're about to jump off the bungee. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And they're halfway Ex- off already. Yeah. A few things, though, I know I'm not going to read out the whole article like we used to do in the past, but three things that stood out for me about building confidence. I was wondering three points that I really liked that sort of related to each other. Yeah. Number, there was one that said, do the right thing. So stick to your values. Yeah. There was one that said, stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And the other one said, 
don't care what others think. Yeah, good. And I really like those three things. And they're things that people know in their head, but I like to hear them read out sometimes or people to sort of reaffirm them for me. But yeah, if you stick to your values and you are, you know, it's important to care about what other people think, but you aren't too worried about it. Yeah. And you can take rejection or you can go against the grain if you need to. Yep. I um I quite liked reading that sort of stuff. And I think that does help build confidence. I think if you can get to a point in your life where you are not worried about what people think about you and you can go ahead and do what you would like to do or what you want to do for your family or your friends or something. Yeah. Because you like it, I think that's one of the most freeing things that can you can yeah. have. Yeah. Now, because we're doing our pre-production meeting live. <laughs> I love the three things that you just did. That's yep. good. So I'm going to, I've kind of, I think I've got about three things. So I'll, I'll do mine in this space, but yep. no, I think that's really cool. And and I agree with that. I think those things are so important, not only for you and me as where we're at in our life, but really transferable points for the people around us, like for teachable yep. and, and building things. For me, the, the, the things I sort of have taken out of this week's, I wouldn't call it research, but this week sort of looking around at what this topic might be was, so I reckon if you've got the right level of confidence, um, you can, it puts less pressure on the people around you. So in other words, you're happy to step up, you know, you're happy to be the one to, to lead or to break through that next unknown. And you're not putting pressure on others to do that, but in the same, all in my hands. Absolutely. But in the same breath, a really truly confident, self-confident person doesn't have to take that opportunity from anybody else either. Is yeah, happy, yeah. is happy to let somebody else because you know nothing worse than someone who's too competitive or or not not self-confident enough that they have to be the only one stepping up. So yes, I think I, love you that. Yep. I, th- I think the right level of confidence and, and a good leader who is confident. Yeah can also let others shine. And I think that's really... Um, or, or let others make the mistake so they learn to shine, yeah. Yeah, and that's be good. there to support them. And I think for, for a kid, you know, there, there are competitive environments everywhere they look. Yeah. But but being a team player, I think, being a true team player comes from a proper level of confidence. Not, sure. yeah, because otherwise they're just either wallflowers you know that that don't participate and just let others shine, yeah. or they're um or they're too competitive. The other one I, I looked at it was, you know, when trying to look at why why would confidence be important or self confidence be important, I was looking at it from a bit of an analogy perspective. Going so, if you've got two people who have like let's say a number one and number two draft pick, you know, who in the underages are exactly the same, they're They've got the strength, the size, the speed, the talent. You know, they've done all the work over preseason, and, and as they get into round one, one has been coached to be confident in their ability yeah. and that they fit in with the team plan and that they're going to be great. Yeah. And the other, I doubt, have been coached the opposite, but the other one ha- has only just done the work yeah. and is really nervous and isn't com- and hasn't been told those things yeah yeah you can almost guarantee confidence will be the difference between the way these these two go about it one because with the confident one they know how their ability will help the one that hasn't had that instilled in them is hoping 
in a sense, that their ability will get them through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was sort of how I looked at the that article and a, and a few other things um, when I was looking at it. And we just sort of had around one of the footy, so, you know, I'm all over yeah, it. Yeah. But I was looking at that going, it's not arrogance. It's it's not this it's not this uneducated guess of yourself. It's through a whole heap of work that you've done and potentially great coaching and potentially great plans. Yeah. That a a a Chris Judd in their first year sort of thing, you know, someone can come out and go, I am supremely confident that I've done the work, I fit in with this team and I'm ready to go. That's um, that sort of that's that thing that everyone's looking for, right? Yep. Yeah. So well. I'm glad you was that all three? That is my three. Yeah, well I'm glad you brought I it think. back around. Was that three? Stuff. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I right. was just so engaged listening to you. I'm not I didn't keep count. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought it back around to the sport because I was gonna say I always admire the sports stars and, and more so the teams that no matter how far back they are in a game, they have confidence they can still win. Yeah. And you can see it coming. So like even if a team I know is super confident and they've got the history of coming back and they're the fitter team or whatever. You st- keep watching the game, yeah. even though teams could be so far back, because you know that at some point they're going to have a go and have have a have a crack at this, and it's it's really exciting. And I I sort of like I've played in those teams before, and I've also played in teams that don't have that ability. Yeah, and it's fine. It's great being in a team when you're losing, and you go, look, guys, we can do this, and you just start to claw your way back, and yeah, you end up getting over the line. It's amazing. Yeah. So I've always really admired from afar those sorts of teams, and and when I'm in them too, I suppose. Yeah, excellent. So do we have anything, do we take away anything from this or do we just confident that the people listening will just know what we're talking about and well, yeah. And off we go. Knowing, knowing, knowing our listeners, I think we've we've got a fair bit of confidence in those guys and girls who are, you yeah. know, that they've they've they'll have a bit of a listen and hopefully haven't tuned yeah. in or, or put us on double speed or something too quickly to get through this. But <laughs> well, I, yeah, I actually that's something I learned. I was today years old when I learned about that. So I was listening to a yeah, podcast this morning. It. Yeah. And I heard that people are now even watching TV shows on on oh. 1.5 or, or 2, um, mm. which is just weird. But anyway. Well, um, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you need to consume that much. Con- if you don't have yeah. enough time in your day to consume the content the way it was made, you yeah. don't have enough time. That's anyway. I think I was- I think I speak too fast most of the time any, anyway, so you don't yeah. want to double speed me because you, you won't be able to understand one word. But That's yeah, right. mate, I like that. I think we nailed it. Um, so as we say each week and probably just trying to reiterate this is that what we hope really to do is our topic of conversation. I think we've we've matured a little bit through the this podcast game is it's not <laughs> that we think that anything we just said is a teaching moment for our listeners. We hope that our listeners join this conversation. So as they listen, yeah, yeah. please join the conversation. Give us, you know, your scenario, your confidence theories, your whether you agree or disagree. You know, ideally everyone listens to this in real time and we can have a conversation with 50, 60, 70 people all at once. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. But through this <laughs> medium, you know, we we really want to um, make sure that, you know, people walk away from these um, sections of the podcast going, cool, let's contribute to that conversation now and, and get in touch with us or, or have a conversation with your mate about it or or your husband or wife about it or whoever and 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 happy to you know to to continue it that way so yeah just in case people want to walk away from this segment going well, i don't know if those guys can <laughs> teach us anything that's not what we're about no i i would 100 percent agree that the majority of the podcast listeners 
know more about most topics we talk about <laughs> than what we do. Yeah. So we like to just bring up the conversation. It doesn't mean we know a lot about it and we're only relaying some of the stuff that we know about or that we've might've read up really briefly on it. So yeah. as you said, mate, yeah, please get in touch with us and, and let us know some of your things. Speaking of getting in touch, it's time for correspondence. We've got a couple of things I want to read out today. If um, anybody wants to get in touch with us down the track, our Instagram is How at do they do it? Pod. Our email is dadgamepodcast at outlook.com. Don't forget on Spotify, guys, you can rate us too. So just give us five stars. Don't think about anything else, but give it the, the likes and then share it with your friends. So Gareth, regular listener of the show, has written in. Now we need, we need a bit of help here because you know Gareth pretty well, yep. obviously. I shouldn't read this, but he did start off the correspondence with honestly one of the best episodes you've done. Really yes. enjoyed it. And he's referring to the making an effort one because mm-hmm. it's really inspired him. But he said a time he was really proud of his effort was his first triathlon out at Port Arlington, Victoria. But then he's just written, Dallas can finish the story. I can yeah, finish. I'm, I'm handing this over to you. I can finish the story because he didn't finish the swim. But <laughs> um, <laughs> essentially, it, it's actually the perfect topic that he, he pulls together because it's the it's the perfect mix of making an effort and maybe a little overconfidence all in (laughs) one, but essentially uh, his first triathlon and he did do a fair bit of the work leading into it. And um, it was a choppy ish day. It was, it was quite choppy. And I'd actually played my first practice match um, in, in a couple of years, the day before. So I was pretty sore, but I said to him, I'll do the try with you. And I'd, probably had a bit more in the bank than him in terms of triathlons before. So I was oh, yeah. fairly yeah. confident I'd go out. We'd we'd go together, but you know, at the end of the day I'd be probably in front of him and and but we'd have a good day and or we'd cruise. But you know, so anyway, I don't see we start and I don't see him for the rest of the day. I'm like, where yeah. is he? Um oh no, I lie, I lie. I don't see him for a while, but on the run leg, hmm. I see him coming back in as I'm only heading out, I'm like, he's way ahead of me. Like he's now hang on. So the runs, the last leg, isn't it? The last leg. And it was this out and back run leg. So we start the swim essentially together. Then there's a ride in between. And then now we're on this run leg and I hadn't seen him. So I'm thinking I'm Mm -hmm. way in front of the guy, but as I'm heading out on the run, he's coming back to finish. So (laughs) he's probably 10, 15 minutes ahead of me. Absolutely blitzed me. Yeah. Anyway, I get to the finish finally, and I've got these little mental demons, you know, going, how was I so bad? How GC smashed it is a natural, you know, everything like this. And it turns out that what ended up happening was on his swim leg, he uh, nearly drowned, got rescued <laughs> oh, no. by the lifesavers who yeah. dragged, threw him in the boat and dragged him back to shore. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. Yeah. And this is within minutes of the swim leg starting and he's sort of like, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into getting the start line. So he then says, Oh, you know, can I just keep going? Can I just finish the race? So he's now way ahead of, you know, because he's been dragged back to shore in a boat. It's generally, generally quicker than a, than, than a a swim. (laughs) So then he just thought, Oh, I'll just keep going. The rules of triathlons are that as soon as you're propelled forward by anything other than your own steam, so if you're you know on the bike leg, if a car pulls mm. you forward or, or whatever, if your heart stops for a little while, yeah. But if you're <laughs> propelled forward at all, then then obviously you know your time doesn't stand. 
But he gets off the boat, decides, look, doesn't matter. I'll just keep doing the race anyway for fun, like just to finish it. So anyway, he finishes and we're all having a bit of a laugh about it. You know, my fears of being such a poor performer is now elated a little bit because, you know, it's not so (laughs) bad. Your confidence is through the roof. And we're all giggling, having a good time walking back up to the car when the announcement over the PA comes for the medals. And he, because they still registered his time. (laughs) World record. They announce and third place overall is Gareth. Gareth. And I'm like, you cannot, you cannot go down and collect that medal like here. And he's like, oh, I should. But yeah, so so there you go. Fourth, they'd be killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that wow. was his. Um, that was his. Tri- it's a. It's a great first, and to my knowledge, only triathlon. But yeah, Gareth never fails to disappoint. We've had some cracker <laughs> stories from Del- um, Gareth on this show, so I hope they keep coming. I can't yeah. wait to find out what else he's got to talk about when we so uh, I, touch on I, a couple. Of and topics. I do hope I've done that story some justice. I think. Um, yeah. Maybe in the future when we've got people writing like that, maybe we should just call them live and they can tell the story on the pod. I think. Yeah, that's a, better a good thing. idea. Yeah, let's do yeah, that let's next do time. That. Okay. Yeah. Well, he he goes on because that was only about half of the message that he's he's written to us, and I wasn't going to read it all out. But he made mention of made mention of your spice tawny last week. Oh yes. And he says that sounds like a sex position. I was like, actually, <laughs> that's not a bad call. That's pretty good. And yes. then he went on about his coffee um orders too, because being Gareth, he's had a bit of trouble, the same as you, obviously being called Dangles and Alice and everything else that we came up with last week. But he's had Darren, Sharon, Karen, Jared, Kenneth. And he goes on and on. So he um and wrote, please welcome to the stage, Dangles. So Gareth is is his great messenger. He always sort of touches on everything that we've talked about over the last, I don't know, six yeah. or seven months. But yeah, so for anyone out there who's trying to keep score, we have the coffee orders, we have PWTTS. We have sex positions. Have yeah, sex positions. That's Which, the other, the other one, effort. I'll say the other one. You know how pubs are often called like, you know, the hat and the mouse or like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the elephant and wheelbarrow or whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they also, all pubs sound like sex positions. (laughs) (laughs) So like, like the tavern, but yeah, that's actually not too bad. There's a a pub in Geelong called the Lord Nelson. And that definitely sounds like a sex position. I used to live near a Lord Nelson, I reckon, in London. Um, yeah, actually, I'm going to start doing that now. You watch when I go to some of the bigger cities, especially. I'm going to have a look at some of the names. Yeah. And I'll see what we can come up with. It'd be good. People can get some photos for us, yeah. send them into us. As I said it on Instagram or our email, that'd be amazing. Now, I actually, I only had one more correspondence because it reminded you, a little while ago, you put up some posts or some stories, I should say, of the correspondence that was coming in and you were just taking grabs left, right and center from people with what they had said. Mm-hmm. And one from my mum, I was having a chat to her and I think I have a feeling she was talking about our chat about my snip, but she said, I laughed out loud and I said, Oh good. 46 episodes in. And I think mum started to laugh out loud at something. So unfortunately it had to be about that, but thanks. Yeah, so, right. you know, it's a good episode or a good segment when your mum gives you that compliment. So, and it's nice that my mum's still having to listen to the episodes too. So I've got to be careful what we say on here. Yeah. Now, before we go tonight, I we're going to throw it back a little bit. We haven't done this for a while, but you told me you had a recommendation, so I'm going to give you the floor. Tell us what it is, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, a little, little bit obsessed with this one. Probably the last person, one of the last people on earth to come across this, but definitely want to recommend it. 
the it's on Disney, I think. It's on Disney, the streaming service. Um, mm-hmm. The Beatles yeah. documentary, Get Back. I think it's been out for a little while now. Yes, I've um, heard of it. Haven't seen it yet. Yep. So highly recommend it. I've just about finished it. Oh, I think I, I think we have just before actually tonight. So, um, but what I loved the most about it really is when I was watching it was obviously fascinating to watch how they went about um, recording that album and doing that sort mm. of rooftop show. But just their creative process and yeah. how, you know, at that point in their careers, there was a little bit of, you know, they're getting, you know, they've got the producers in there and, and mu- music producers and their marketing people and all people around them sort of pushing and prodding them. But they certainly have these little mini crisis meetings, you know, as a four uh, to sort of get back into their own space and into their own mind and, and realise what they're doing. But even more than that, what I absolutely loved watching was their creative process is so different to the structured corporate process we're told to follow these days. There is so much room for fun and so much room for play and what would be considered as time-wasting, distractive work in the workplace where they're singing with silly voices they get distracted eating microphone. You know, they literally sit there yeah. for, for 10 minutes, you know, eating. It cannot be mistaken for anything other than the energy needed to be creative or the energy yeah, okay. needed to do something different. Because yeah. if it was easy, if there was a way to do this, then anybody would be the Beatles, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's their way. It's, it's, and it didn't always, you know, they argued at one point. George leaves the band in this documentary. And then three days later, they convince him to come back and they have to have a relatively robust conversation on leadership styles and, and, and other things. So it's not perfect, but it means that I think they get to a better space. So I just love it. I I know I'm probably overanalyzing it in a sense, but I highly recommend it. Even if people have watched it already purely from a musical perspective, and they're a fan base perspective. Mm. Even if you want to rewatch it from that corporate kind of mindset, or, or from a mindset of looking at it from a workplace perspective, I think there's some lessons learned in. It's not time wasting if you're there yeah. together in that space, and you're clear on the direction you want to head. Then let people be. <laughs> let it be. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done. What a fun. I love this. I, I love that because, and I'm not really in an industry where this probably happens a bit, but, you know, say you're in an office environment, you've got a manager close by and they give you the look if you're too busy talking to some friends or, yeah. you know, you're swanning around a little bit in the office having a bit of fun. But I like that energy. As long as people can rein it in and they don't just waste half their day chatting and not doing any work, Yeah, you need those little mental breaks and those um, times where you bounce off somebody else or, you know, when you can't remember a word. Yeah. And then you go away and do something and then you come back. You're like, oh, I got it. Like yeah. that, walking away from your desk, having a chat to someone in the kitchen, having a bit of freedom like that to do the creative stuff. I reckon there should be more of that. There should be a lot more play in the workplace, make people actually want to go to their job. That's right. So, and, yeah. and not everybody's role in this documentary is the same. So there are people in the background who are setting up um, uh, microphones and, and, um, you know, bringing in cups of tea and all that. Everybody's role is different. For some people, 
you know, you can't you can't have the person whose job it is to bring in tea and crumpets to sit there and eat a microphone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for though for for some roles in the team, it's about understanding what outputs you have today. But for the creative, yeah. for the for the problem solvers, and, and in this case, I would say the band the Beatles are solving the problem of writing you know, 13 more songs for a new album and putting together a documentary. Mm. So it's, they shouldn't, they should never be accused of the time wasting. Whereas others, yeah, others aren't solving problems. Others are just doing tasks. And I think in any office space, it's understanding where, you know, what people are achieving and what they're trying to achieve in order to let them go about it the way they want to do it. But it's all been sterilized so much that now everyone has a task-based approach to any problem that we seem to want to have. But when was the last time, and I, and I asked this of our listeners now, when was the last time a manager or, or corporate leaders just said, you know, this is the outcome we're looking to achieve. It's going to, it's going to cause, you know, we need to think outside the box. We need to, we need some creativity to solve it. We're not going to micromanage the process. Just come back to us when you think you've got an answer. Yeah. Now that's not oh. happening anymore. There are structures yeah. and there are people, there are consultants that come in to help. Yeah. Imagine a consultant coming in to help the Beatles write music. <laughs> well, no one's better than them, is there? So yeah. So yeah. So I, awesome. I just I just found it really cool. Um I'm, I'm a bit high on it at the moment because I've kind of just finished it and I'm I'm all over it. But for those who have already seen it once and enjoyed it f- from a music perspective. If you've got time and you want, you know, you don't have to listen to well, it. I hear it goes for a while. <laughs> yeah, but if you've got time or you want to, yeah. I think there's some lessons learnt uh, or lessons that can be learnt from from looking at it from the perspective I did. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back and watch it. Well, not back and watch. It. I'm going to go and watch it. I've been meaning to. It's on my watch list. I just haven't got around to it. You've inspired me, so I'm going to go get out there now and go and and get it going at least. Before we go tonight, or as we go tonight, I just wanted to say I'm going through a bit of something at the moment. My son, Jack, four-year-old, he's just started copying us Ooh. out of nowhere. Like this, I don't know if it's a four-year-old thing or if it happens to people at different ages. He came home one day, oh, no. he's done it for about three or four days straight now where he just goes, hey, dad, and I say something, then he starts yeah. copying me. I'm like, so oh. He gets home it's from, funny. He gets home yeah. from kinder and drinks a shit beer. He like really copies yeah. you. <laughs> well, yeah, he, his mannerisms don't quite do everything that yeah. I'm doing, but yeah. And he, but, but he's actually quite intelligent because I do the old, well, Jack's silly and he just doesn't say anything. And then yeah. I say something and he says it back. So he knows that if I'm having go at him, he just doesn't say anything. So there's no way to win this no. really, unless I want to dig in and copy him back. But I think it's fun for him. I think he's having a good time and it's no sweat off my back. So if anyone else is going through that, please let me know. And if you've got any techniques or tactics, I'd love to hear them. Thanks for talking to us tonight, mate. We'll um. Thanks for talking to us tonight, mate. Soon. Yeah, we'll be back on the air soon. Bye. I'm out of here. See ya. See see (laughs) ya. Bye. Thanks for listening.